All right, well, today we are with Matthew Turner. He has scoured the world looking for people who have gone through challenges and um, had these, quote, successful mistakes, something that was not so great, and then it turned into being something that added life and value to their business. And uh, we're, we're having this Ellery Well Show coaching session with Matt. So how are you doing, Matt? Good, Ellery. Thank you ever so much for having And you said the name of the book right there, The Successful Mistakes. So you got it. Um, where are you coming from today? You don't sound like I, I do. No, I am. I am fairly, fairly far away. I'm in a pretty rainy Yorkshire, which is in the north of England. So, so yeah, it's pretty cold, pretty damp. But um, and yeah, it's 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 Monday, so the starting. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, it's what like uh, was it like ten o'clock? Yeah, it's just been 10 o'clock at night, so I've just been um, playing football this evening, so, so yeah, it's been, I've been looking after my little boy earlier, so yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a good day, it's been a fun day. Awesome. Let's see, um, what brings you here? I know you are in the process of releasing your book, or it's, it's going to come out, um, but what brings you to this coaching call today? Well, what can I say? When I um, heard about this opportunity, I thought, as someone who's bringing a book out very soon, like you say, the success mistake, it's coming, it's coming. I'm open to any and all ideas. I've obviously got a lot of ideas. I've got a lot of tactics and strategies that are in the process of occurring in the here and now, leading up to launch and then past launch. It's always a good opportunity to share those ideas with someone and get some feedback and bounce around some ideas. And I'm always open-minded. I'm always open to new possibilities, new ideas, someone, in this case you, going, well, have you thought about this? And sometimes I have thought about it and, you know, I've not decided to do it, but other times it's like, no, I haven't. That's actually a really good idea. So just because the book is coming doesn't mean I've got all the answers. (laughs) And I'm excited to hear what you've, what you can offer really and what you can share and the ideas you can share. Well, hopefully, hopefully we can get into some, tips or tactics or something that I that will add value and make your your book more successful some of the people I've talked to I don't I don't know just a whole lot about but fortunately you and I've uh sort of I guess stayed in touch for I don't know maybe about a year or so now and I'm seeing your work on the book <laughs> um what made you want to start the book let's 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 go right in into that part what were you doing before why did you decide to rent the book Okay, well, I actually, I suppose the, the idea of a book goes all the way back to like my first day as whatever you want to call it, self-made man, entrepreneur, um, consultant, writer. At that point in time, I didn't really know. I left my job and um, wanting to do more writing, more things on my own back. And I'd had a three or four week period where I knew I was going to be leaving my job a little bit longer and I planned the website and I'd created my to-do list and I had a business plan of sorts. And I woke up early on this, you know, day zero. And I was, well, the night before, really excited. I felt like I knew what I was going to be doing and I, and I woke up and I just kind of froze. I had this massive to-do list and I was like, where do I begin? You know, <laughs> I've got all these things to do, but how do I know what's more important? And to start over something else. So long story short, in that sense, I, I froze. And I ended up doing very little that day. Ultimately, I <laughs> twiddled my thumbs and 
I, um, I, yeah, I just kind of had stage fright, as you will. So one of the only things I did that day, I brought myself around to uh, reaching out to a few of my friends, sending emails and texts, those who have started businesses in themselves, those who I felt like, well, you guys are going to be able to empathize with me. You've been here. Please just help. And over the next few days, I had coffees, I had Skype calls, I touched base with people, and I heard lots of stories. And I suppose the really strange thing is a lot of the stories that I was coming across were people would tell me about their failures, the times that they'd uh, maybe fallen a little bit short, a mistake they'd made, something painful. And here I am like, are you kidding me? I'm already, you know, thinking I should go back and get my job. Like, I can't do this. And here you are telling me about times you've failed. But I suppose to an extent, they, they um, wore these on their sleeve. They were like badges of honor to an extent. And after a while, I started clicking to place. And I thought, Man, everyone is going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to fail. It's a big part of being an entrepreneur, right? To someone who's just going to do something on their own back, whether you've been doing it for two weeks, two years, two decades it doesn't really matter and I've always had a pretty proactive and positive outlook on mistakes I've always felt like you have to put someone in a position to fail and to make a mistake otherwise you're not allowing them to fulfill their potential so I kind of had a bit of a look in the mirror and thought you know here you are with a supposedly good outlook on mistakes and you're just falling short from the get-go and I was speaking to my friend Arnold and it kind of clicked after our chat and I was like I'm learning so much from this realization regarding mistakes and failure. What if I wrote a book about it? And what if I didn't just write a book about, you know, my own thoughts, but how about, you know, going out there and speaking to dozens, possibly a couple of hundred entrepreneurs, people who've been there and done it and see what they did, see how they approach adversity and failure mistakes. See if there's any patterns, if there's anything that, you know, someone like myself can, you know, learn to, can devour and, put myself in a better place and that's basically what I've been doing in some form or another I've been doing it for about four years it's come this May will be my fourth anniversary of working for myself and I spent the first probably two two and a half years interviewing people it's not been a full-time job hasn't this book I've been doing other stuff as well but uh but yeah I interviewed 163 successful entrepreneurs yourself being one of them and I have learned so much and the book has just exploded into life, really. It's, it's no longer just a book. There's so much more to it. And I couldn't really have anticipated that at the beginning. So, so yeah, long story short, hope that rounds things up rather nicely of like how it began. It was just me afraid, <laughs> falling short in my own sense. And I was like, I need to learn how to do this better. Whilst I'm doing it, I might as well write about it, right? Yeah, it sounds like I, I've always said we we have a tendency to kind of uh, undermine our own story, and you've kind of shared a little bit about yours, and you're sharing the story of you said 163 entrepreneurs, and that story is what has helped make them successful. And uh, in one of the sessions for the show that I did, we kind of came to this this realization is that this this point that we're most embarrassed about is usually that point that will where we will connect with people the most and can lead to some of the, the biggest upside in our business. Oh, yeah. And I, I have found that for myself and it sounds like you have found that almost 163 different times. 
uh, as you as you've gone through this. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's crazy the amount of I mean I call it you know the making of your greatest mistake. It is incredible how many people, if you were to remove away like the original mistake, they wouldn't be where they are. I'm not saying like every mistake is going to lead to you know the promised land. Every time you fail, it's like oh it's okay because I failed and it's going to become you know like my greatest idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the case. But you go to someone who's successful, you talk about how they you know sell their business or how their big idea came about how they kind of took it from something good to something you know memorable and um, especially great more often than not as you kind of rewind the clock there's kind of a moment or there's a series of moments mistakes fails adversity something happened which kind of like you say flicks on that switch and helps them realize like oh we're going down a wrong path and if we want to go down the right path, we're going to have to change. We're going to have to do something. So, yeah, mistakes, more often than not, they do lead to you know great possibilities. Hi, and welcome to the Ellery Wells Show, where real entrepreneurs talk about real problems and real goals and real solutions to help you start, build, and grow your business. I'm your host, Ellery Wells. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. I'm excited to share Matthew's story, but you know what else I'm excited about? This is E3 week, and if you know anything about me, you know I like gadgets, technology, uh, all kinds of toys. Uh, a guy that I, when I was working at Dell, I told the IT director, actually his admin, who didn't like me very much for some reason, that I that his new his new toy was on the way. We were sending him a demo unit. We were seeding him something. And uh, we almost lost the account because she thought I was calling the technology a toy. Well, uh, I could have slapped her in the face for being an idiot, but I think all technology is a toy, even if it's like... You know, when we got our, when we had to replace a bunch of stuff, when our, when we had lightning problems, when lightning hit our house, uh, about a, eight, six, eight months ago, I was excited to research like stoves and ovens and I just like technologies. Anyway, it's E3. I'm excited about that. I just got through playing a trailer for a new Rainbow, no, not Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon game. Man, I, I, I think Tom Clancy and his games get, a, a a decent percentage of my video game budget but anyway that's not what we're talking about today what do you think of Matt's story so far he's he's been working on this book for a long time i thought it i think he's been working on the the final touches probably for a couple months i know that book working on books has been keeping me very very busy to the point of not being able to do just a whole lot of other things so if you read the blog as well i apologize for not having a new post but that's what i've been doing matt and i both have been really when working on getting our books out and we will get back to the um the rest of the coaching call with matt here in just a second but i wanted to share a couple tools with you the first is really super sexy. It's an accounting app. So, uh, hopefully <laughs> you got my sarcasm there. But I, as my business has grown, my, my needs have grown. And last, it wasn't this year around tax time. It was actually last year around tax time. I was looking for software that would help me calculate and report and, and look at my expenses and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What I, Delight is a lot of these pieces of software gave us free, uh, free trials, like a 30 day trial. And that would give me enough time to import any of my data and 
go go right on. But then I wanted to have like be able to track my stuff. Man, I swear they were done mowing and they just came back around the side of the house. So I apologize if you hear that. If not, just can chalk it up to to Ellery going crazy. Anyway, <clears throat> what I liked I liked a couple of the softwares. I looked at FreshBook. Uh, I looked at um, I think there was something with a tree in the name. I don't know. But what I liked is that they gave you a free trial. What I didn't like was that after the free trial and then all of the 10 months between the time when you're working on your paperwork, it was like $30 a month or $15 a month for the basic and then for anything that was like one step above basic like toilet paper. I mean <laughs> it'd be nice to have it a little bit soft kind of. You know, you need the toilet paper. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But you, I, I didn't need something that I needed to pay $30 a month or what is that? $360 a year, if my math's right, when I really just needed to be able to generate a report for tax time. So I kept looking, I kept looking, and inevitably I just did not do anything for quite a while. And then I found Wave Apps. They're not a sponsor for the show. They're not giving me any money. I don't have an affiliate link for them. But I've shared their software. If you go to waveapps.com, or if you go to ellerywells.com slash show seven, the link is right there. Uh, that's slash show seven. Uh, go, go check it out. I have connected my bank account to it and I've got Stripe and PayPal going to right into my bank and wave syncs with my bank. They will do probably most of the, the major ones unless you have a leak, uh, local or regional bank. Um, which I wouldn't really recommend those anyway, just in case you have problems, you, you can go into any branch anywhere. Anyway, uh, but I connect Wave Apps to my bank, and I get to track what's coming in, what's going out, and there's a general report that I can run that says, okay, I've spent you know a lot of money here, here, and here, but not so much here, or it'll tell me exactly what that is. I just wanted to share that with you because you might be out there with um, I don't even remember the names. Let me see if they're in my my browser thing to tell you yeah fresh books i don't even have the other one z zero i think i use zero for a while anyway i didn't want to pay wave apps is free there it's a it's the freemium model that i talk about in my book that you might have heard me talk about on the podcast i think i've probably mentioned it but it's it's free and it's supported by ads so on the side of the on the side of your browser window you'll see what i hope are somewhat relevant ads with some of the partners they use and then there are some there are some premium services like you could call and get them set up but you can send invoices you can do payroll payroll i think is twenty dollars a month i found that out after i went through the entire thing and it's just easier for me to do send somebody a check and keep the 20 bucks so anyway waveapps.com might be for you again it's free so it will scale with your business because you know it, it it will work and i really like it i just wanted to share that with you again they're not a sponsor for the show i don't get any money i wish i had an affiliate link i don't even know if they have an affiliate program but it's a tool that i wanted to share with you another tool i do uh i do have an amazon affiliate link i'm going to put it at com slash show seven but it's conference season. We've got podcast movement coming up. Thrive tickets are about to go on sale. Uh, I think we just there was just social media marketing world, and then you've got FinCon coming up. You've got all kinds of kinds of conferences, and inevitably your phone battery will die. 
and you're going to want to record something. You're going to want to, I don't know, pick up the phone and call your spouse or check on your kids or post something to social media and your phone's dead. Well, charging it off of your laptop is not really the best solution because then you are kind of out of two devices. And then if you carry around a wall charger, like all the Apple people know what I'm talking about. They've got, you know, practically tied to their hip and you're always needing the juice and when you're at a big conference hall there's not always a plug available so i bought if you go to like a best buy or something this i you you would pay through the nose on this but i got what is called an anchor power core edge it it's a twenty thousand milliamp hour charger usb charger if you put it into perspective, that is, according to their little image here, that's five charges of a Galaxy S6, that's seven charges of an iPhone 6, and four and a half of an iPhone 6 Plus. It charges pretty fast if you're not using your phone, and it's really thin. The reason why I mentioned the PowerCore Edge is because it's so thin. It's kind of heavy. It's like, uh, I think about the weight of a full can of soda, of Coke or something, but... We care, Ashley and I carried this around when we were walking around Vegas and we charged our phones for two or three days and it was a lifesaver. So I wanted to mention that as well. Again, I do have an affiliate link for that. It's just for Amazon, but, uh, I would highly recommend it as you're going into conference season. This particular model that I'm linking to has like this little gray sleeve that, that kind of protects the unit and still allows you to charge something, keeps it from getting beaten up and those kinds of things. But Wave Apps, you know, keep your accounting software straight, even if you don't have a payroll, even if you're not making just a whole lot of money yet. I would start using this app, and it should be scalable to where you can measure your payroll and expenses and send invoices and those kinds of things without having to spend $30 a month. That was the key for me. So anyway, thank you for tuning into this episode and listening to me rant about lawnmowers. I think they're finally gone. But let's get back to talking with Matt. This was a coaching call, as he just mentioned. You know, we wanted to talk book launch strategy. And I'm glad I'm getting to listen to this one as the exit strategy is about to come out. Uh, I tell you, I, I sent out an email to my list and I got a bunch of pre-orders. It was pretty cool to sell the product. And it was also cool to send an email and get direct revenue based on it. So this stuff works, guys. This stuff really works and I'm, I'm living proof and, and if it's not clear in most of my messaging, anything I can do, you can do as well. And I, I'm sure Matthew would agree. And let me ask you a question. What, what is a mistake that you have made that, that maybe it has caused you to feel embarrassed, insecure, like you might lose friends? And I want to encourage you that, that event, that choice, or that position you found yourself in that is embarrassing might be your greatest source of inspiration. It might be the source of the strength you can draw from, and it might be the event or or life life situation, life event that other people will connect with and and help your message res- resonate with them. So whether it's a, it was a choice you made, like. Like I did uh, a few years ago that led to my mistake and in, in getting let go uh, or or something else I want to con- I want you to consider that 
your mistakes are what will move you forward. And keep that in mind as we get back into the interview with the Turndog millionaire himself, Matthew Turner. And uh, we'll be back at the end to wrap up the show. Enjoy the rest of the coaching call. So yeah, mistakes more often than not, they do lead to you know great possibilities. It's just about, I suppose, approaching them properly. And that's hard to do in the early stages of being you know an entrepreneur or freelancer writer creative whatever it may be it's it's hard because you've got so much pressure on you and it, it's scary you know it's a roller coaster ride and when you are still trying to make a book and when you've got all these ideas and you've got all these doubts and they just it's difficult to kind of comprehend what to listen to and whatnot so so going back to that day one how did you figure out what uh, of the things that were on that list uh, how did you figure out what you needed to focus on well, I suppose I didn't on day one. I didn't. I mean, that's it. I, I um, ended up, the only thing I really did do was a bunch of stuff which wasn't on my list. You know, stay in bed, <laughs> self-wallow, and reach out to those who I, I know who work for themselves or have owned a business, do own a business. And I didn't really do much of anything. Obviously, it got a bit better. You know, you wake up the next day and you're not quite as freaked out and you chip away at it. And, you know, I kind of just got on with life and I had this to-do list and, um, I call it wandering in the wilderness, and I think most entrepreneurs do it. Some people, it's a matter of weeks. For others, it's a matter of years. I certainly think I've ultimately spent you know, a good couple of years wandering through the wilderness, and to an extent, sometimes I still think I am, although I'm a great deal more focused and honed in on what I, you know, I'm doing these days than I have in the past. But, but yeah, you work on projects thinking it's going to be good, but you don't know, so you you put your hand in too many pies and it's hard. And I suppose that's what I was doing in the early days. And I wasn't committing to any one thing. And in doing so, I wasn't really doing anything. Okay. Um, whenever I, on the, uh, the application, uh, the question was this time next year, if you could be doing whatever you wanted, wherever you wanted to do it, uh, what would you be doing and where would you be doing it? And you talked about your version of success. Um, and, I, how would you define success? I, I read it, but I want you to tell us again because I want to see if your what you say is is the same message that I got from your your piece. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, simply put, my version of success is to be um, free from the thought of money, and in essence, I suppose that's about being you know financially free. And I think people quite often take oh, to be financially free is to be rich, and therefore you've got no worries but i don't agree with that because i think just because you've got a lot of money doesn't mean that you're not going to be thinking about money people get greedy once they get money and i my version of success is to get to a point where i am not thinking about money period but i know there's enough in the bank account so if i want to you know buy this new software or i see a pair of shoes that i like because i like shoes i can buy them i don't have to worry about whether i'm you know fulfilling my needs as a father i don't have to worry about oh well i do want to go to this conference will i be able to afford it or not i don't have to worry about all that i know that I, the money's there and as long as it's justifiable and within you know realm i can do it but at the same time money's not on my mind where i'm like going if i just kind of tweak this and tweak that i can turn one thousand into two thousand i can turn ten thousand into fifteen thousand i can turn a million into ten million it, because again that i think just puts you in a really backward greedy and pretty selfish mindset i think you can get so 
hooked on this idea of making money, but where is the end in that? And for me, that isn't where success is. That isn't where happiness is. That isn't where freedom is. So my version of success, freedom, happiness, is to be just free from money, period. So I'm not thinking about it, you know, 95% of the time. I've got enough and it may keep on coming in, but I've got other people to maybe deal with that. And I'm just not basing my decisions on, can I make more money? I feel like that will allow me to just create my best art, my best work. Money more than likely will become a byproduct of that. And then, you know, if you're not trying to make more money to fill your own coffers, then you can be more generous, you know? In my sense, I can buy, buy more of my friends' books and gift them away to my audience and stuff. You know, it's, that's kind of what it's all about for me. So I don't know. Does that line up pretty well with what you read? I wrote it about a year ago. Now, so. uh, it kind of does. I, I see most whenever I kind of why I asked that question and I kind of got this from your thing and it leads me on to a question I'll ask you in a second is that when people say they, they don't want to think about money, it's usually money that gets them to the point where they don't have to think about money. Mm-hmm. And what, what is that goal? You said there's, you want to have enough to be able to do all of these other things. Have you put a dollar figure on that? Well, I think it's always going to be changing to an extent. Um, because for me, like where I am right now, say that figure, you know, is like 70,000. But when my son becomes, you know, 10 and 11, that might go up to 80. And if I have more of a definitive family and I end, I'm with my partner now, so if I end up marrying her and we end up with two or three kids, that number's going to rise. So I haven't necessarily put like a monetary figure on that because I feel like to an extent that could fluctuate over time. Sometimes it might be, you know, as low as say 70 or 80. Sometimes it might be as high as 150 or 200. I don't really know. Um, for me, as a guestman, I always feel like if I can get to a point where I'm uh, making, you know, personally, like putting five, 6,000 in my bank account a month, I'm going to be able to live my lifestyle just easy going, you know? like certain things we put on the business accounts and whatnot. So, but I kind of know that if I can get to a point where I'm just giving myself a, you know, a five, 6,000, you know, in my bank account, my personal, you know, give myself a wage about a month, then I will consider myself pretty close to that version of, I won't have to worry about money. And that's not like a ridiculous amount of money. That's not like two, three, four, 500,000 pounds. I honestly don't think I'm going to need a lot to um, get to that version of success. Fair um, enough. Yeah. But, Obviously, in a few years' time, if I end up having a mortgage and I've now got two kids instead of one child and, you know, I've got, you know, this amazing woman in my life and we're wanting to do more things, that figure might be more, you know. So it's difficult to kind of say it's definitely this figure and it's never going to change because I don't think it's as easy as that. When I ask that question, um, I, I pull on a lot of the experiences that I've heard from other people and I see a lot of people where they say, well, I, they, they have this one mindset about money and it's, and it's usually preventing them from actually having money. And, um, but that I, I don't, I don't feel that that's necessarily true with you, which, which is good. How does the successful mistake play into that? Um, you spent a couple of years working on this book. I mean, it's taken you a lot of time, uh, interviewing, the uh, people from around the world, I'm sure. Um, how does that play into your overall goals? Pretty um, strong at the minute. Um, I, for the most part, split my time in three ways. I, 
I write fiction. So I've got my novels. I've just published my third novel just before Christmas. I've got my nonfiction, which covers things like the success mistake and anything, I suppose, like it's an offshoot of that, um, you know, online courses and, you know, membership sites and things. And then I've got my client work where it's all very based around brand storytelling. So they're kind of like my three things. There's other stuff that comes in about like speaking and workshops and coaching, but usually it fits into one of those three buckets. And this year, I am anticipating spending around about dedicating a good 50% of my time to the successful mistake in some form or another. So that can kind of give you a decent idea of, um, yes, like in terms of like the money, in terms of the time, in terms of attraction, the successful mistake is going to play a large role in everything that I'm going to be doing. Um, because, well, at this moment in time, I've, I've finished writing it. I'm in the process of editing it and just about to start work with an editor. Um, to kind of fine tune it and take it to things. There's going to be a lot of movement on that side of things between now and launch. Um, but then there's everything that kind of comes with that. There's, you know, the worksheets that come with it. I'm working on other elements. So at the moment, the success mistake is kind of split into two. There's the creation side, and then there's what I call the action side. Action being, you know, the marketing, the launch preps, you know, setting up any, anything from podcast interviews to guest posting to JV partnerships, all that kind of things. And then the creation's more, right, well, first and foremost, I need to make sure I get the book to a point where it's done and dusted and go and go off to printers. Then I've got, you know, various of like PDFs that I need to do on worksheets and online courses and things that come in with these various different packages. And so there's, there's certain parts of that. And as an offshoot from this, there's going to be a course that um, is called Successful Mindset. And I suppose that's probably not going to be ready until the back end of 2016. Um, there'll be beta, re beta users and stuff over the summer for that, but that will be kind of 2017's big kind of momentum drive, I suppose. So the success mistake as a book is going to be a big thing for 2016. But the success mistake is like the bigger world, like the successful mindset world that I'm creating is probably going to take a lot of focus for the next two to three years. When you, when you're talking about day zero, day one, you're leaving your job. Did you want, I, I, you, I don't, you may have mentioned this, but I didn't catch it if you did. Did you set out because you wanted to be a writer or did you want to do other things and this book kind of came out of that and you became a writer? I, w I left so I could focus more time on my writing because okay. at that point I'd been working on my first novel for a long time and I wanted to get it done. And I wanted to ultimately split my time between being a writer and I kind of always felt like I would write nonfiction books, but at that point I had no idea what it was going to be, but I wanted to be a writer. And I also wanted to be, all that I had in my mind was basically a marketing consultant, but I didn't like the marketing consultants I tended to meet. So I knew I didn't want to be like the marketing consultants I met. <laughs> so I, um, you know, it was a bit tricky in that sense. I, I kind of wanted to be doing something like that. And that, that's where a lot of my wandering in the wilderness kind of went. I mean, I've been pretty focused on my writing. I've been, you know, writing a lot. I've done three novels now. I've been working on The Success Mistake. I haven't always gone full in with The Success Mistakes. It's been a hard book to do with all those interviews. But yeah, the client side of things, I'm not really a consultant these days, although I suppose part of what I do is. But you talk about where I want to be going forward in, you know, like a year, two years and stuff. I ultimately want to get to a point where, I am basically focusing my time on writing. 
you know. Do you think that you want to do more fiction or I know you, you something with this, uh, the, you're talking about worksheets and using that as a message. Where do you see that going? Well, worksheets and things tend to be play like a, you know, a role within something larger. So there's roles as, as a general rule, like for, for instance, the success mistake is, is going to be a book, hopefully that inspires the reader to take action. You know, it's like an inspiration. It's not going to be a textbook. It's not a fear book. It's not going to, you know, give them a step-by-step breakdown of doing everything. It's going to, for the most part, inspire you to do stuff. And then at the end of each chapter, there's going to be certain tasks and there's going to be directions like worksheets. So you can then take action behind the scenes because otherwise it would be a very long book. So I suppose things like worksheets and the courses and video courses, the success mistake is like an introductory, getting someone, getting the reader inspired to, you know, take a new stance on how they approach their day, um, implementing this idea of a successful mindset. It's like, right, and now the tools through this course, through these different packages, through these worksheets, for you to actually take action and do it, you know, take what you've, you know, you've read about and, and do it. You know, because that's ultimately what it's all about. I'm sure we've all done it, read a book about what we absolutely love, totally agree with it. And then you're like, I've learned a lot from it, but I've not necessarily gone and you know, done anything with it. It's just, yeah. kind of, you know, and it's inspired me, but inspiration without action only takes you so far. So I want to give people the means to take it to the next level. And then obviously it's up to them to, to do so. Um, so when I talk about worksheets, it's kind of more plays a role within something larger. Sure. So you want to use the book almost as uh, like a business card or a lead magnet? Well, it's kind of become very much like that. I, I never intended it to. And up until about a year ago, I didn't think it was. I, I fully expected it to just be a book. I knew there'd be like a website and there'd be a few worksheets and stuff around it. And there may be a course that I would be able to like repurpose the book into a course form too. But for the most part, I figured it was just going to be a book. But then when I started really getting into the book and writing it and taking it, I realized that I was only scratching the surface of the book. I knew that if I just left the book as a book and nothing else, I wouldn't be doing the entire journey I've done justice. I would ultimately be falling short. I wouldn't be doing the reader justice. I wouldn't be doing me justice. I wouldn't be doing people like you who are part of the book justice. So I wouldn't say the book is, you know, is a business card or a lead magnet as such. It's going to be what I consider, well, I like to think come the end of the day, it's going to be like my masterpiece. I'm going to be oh so proud of it. I've put a few blood, sweat and tears in it to say the least. But yeah, it is ultimately going to be playing a role within a much grander world. Um, there's a success mistake and then people are going to be encouraged if they want to take action. There's this idea of a successful mindset package within that the successful mindset course. There's going to be the successful frontier mastermind community um where there's going to be lots of like monthly workshops and one of the things which i'm going to be doing pretty soon is revisiting some of my favorite interviews from the book and going back and delving deeper so there's going to be a series of these interviews which kind of go really deep so for instance let's say i interviewed you know entrepreneur a and they i'm asking them questions about their great mistake and they talk about a hiring mistake you know we talk about the hiring mistake well, now, because I've actually re-listened to that interview and everything, and I know more about hiring mistakes, I could go back to that person and be like, right, I want to kind of go deeper into this idea of like how you hire and what you learned from that. 
And I feel like the workshop from an hour long talk would be so, so valuable. And I know that there's certain topics that I would love to revisit with certain people and say, I want you to go deep. I feel like last time we just was on the surface of that iceberg. I want to go to the tip of it. I really want to go deep all the way to the bottom. So it's just become, you know, I just wanted more and more. One of the things I'll be doing as well once the book's written is starting the Successful Stories series where I'm going to be writing a bunch of short books over the span of like a year, 18 months, a little bit like James Altucher's um, um, stories from Choose Yourself. And again, the idea being each book will maybe just focus on two, three, four entrepreneurs, really hone into their particular interview. And yeah, just kind of go into more depth. The book, for the most part, is a narrative. It's me going through my journey, talking about this seven step through your great mistake, picking at quotes and stories as we go through, which is fantastic. It makes it for a free-flowing book that's, well, hopefully immersive and energetic. But there'll be times when you're like, I want to know what, you know, this entrepreneur said in the sense. So, okay. And I just, I couldn't have anticipated all this from the beginning. And it wasn't until I started writing it and getting through it. And I was like, I, this, I just can't do everything with one book. It just can't be. So it's great because it's transformed into something so much bigger and you have the potential for it. I like to think it's pretty huge. I uh, it's it sounds like it. I mean, if you did, uh, I think most of your calls were probably about an hour, or some of them pretty short. Um, for the most part, the interviews range between sort of twenty thirty five minutes, but yeah, some as much as forty five fifty. Okay. The, I think the shortest one I had was about eleven minutes. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that would be a, a Chris Brogan type interview. I think I saw him on your your landing page. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was pretty quick. And to be honest, some of the ones I did in the beginning um, were a bit quick because, well, I was new to it and I was, um, I was a bit sort of raw and rookie-ish. So, but um, yeah. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, if you go to turndog.co slash successful dash mistake, you can see what I'm looking at, um, which is Matt's, uh, website where he's got i mean i recognize just from the the headshots people like dan miller and chris brogan and uh there's jamie not tardy anymore jamie something masters Masters. uh there's uh oh i know that guy's name but i can't but you've got a you've got quite a variety of people Uh, one of the things that you mentioned is launch ideas and feedback on current ideas and building a thriving subscriber list, which by the way, I think is um, uh, all going to help with the launch. I mean, talking about a subscribing list for promotion and things like that. So before we talk about what else you could be doing, what are you doing to launch, to promote the book? I mean, I, I see your stuff on Twitter. I may, I, I'm on social media at the same time, far too much and not enough. If you, <laughs> uh, so I've seen your, seen yes, your, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I've, I've been on your website before. Um, we've, like I mentioned before, we, we have chatted a few times. How are you getting the word out about your book? And you know, this, this will release a good time after we're talking today, but what is your roadmap between now and launch date look like? Well, one of the things I've been working on a lot recently and I'm fine tuning out, I've kind of split my, um, 
the idea of like the different kind of audience into four. Okay. I'm a Star Wars fan, so bear with me. If, if we kind of um, base it on, you know, the whole kind of slow lane, fast lane kind of thing, you know, kind of taking people along a journey and down the funnel and everything. So like my, my entry level peeps, I classify as an Anakin, then Luke, then Obi-Wan. And then Yoda, Yoda being the customers, you know, people who have actually handed over money and a part of this kind of successful mindset package. Um, so there's different kind of entry points in each one, which is going to be directing people and like fast tracking. So it's a bit of a, you know, a somewhat complex funnel and, you know, different branches to the trees. But a lot of my initial focus between now and um, launch date is going to be on feeding the Anakin pile. So I've got about, I've done three blog posts for them and there's some upgraded PDFs. There's an associated video with each one too. So I'll be starting to drive a lot of attention to those through things like Facebook ads, social media, um, working with someone to just kind of get the word out there in various different groups and whatnot. Just to try and get people on board in that sense, you know, free. Where are these blog posts uh, at? Turndogger.co for such blog. So there's a few on there, but there's, uh, there's three that are kind of aimed at them. But you know, they don't have Anakin in the title. These are just like my own right. um, terms. But the, the Anakins are people who are a little bit sort of maybe new, newer to the process. Like the book for the most part is for not necessarily new entrepreneurs, but people still find their feet. If you've been doing this game for like 20 years, the success mistake may not be for you. But if you're wanting to start your own business, if you just set your, up your own business, you've been doing it for a few years and you've just kind of not quite got the traction you thought, this is a book that is going to be for you. So the Anakins are those who are still trying to figure things out. They don't necessarily know they've got a problem and they very much um, aspire to be like those they admire, you know? Maybe a little bit of sort of green too. So the, the blog posts are kind of aimed at them and the whole idea is to just kind of get people interested in the content, the overall idea. I don't really even talk about the book. Get them to download PDF. And then from that, they get taken through an email experience where they're given various opportunities to upgrade, get more free content. They're not going to be sold anything. I'm not going to be asking any money from them until they get to the Obi-Wans. So if someone entered through the Anakin, they're probably going to be with me for six, seven weeks before they get to a point where I'll be asking them to actually purchase for anything. So I am playing much, a, much a long game. So as well as these free blog posts and the upgraded PDFs, um, there's also going to be a Success Mistake podcast, which launches about six weeks before the launch of the book. And these are going to be very short and sweet episodes. There's going to be about 50 in total. I don't know if you're familiar with the $100 MBA with Omar and Nicole, but it's going to be very much like that in a sense of each episode, I will focus on a person, for instance, Chloe Wells today, and I'm going to be talking about X, Y, and Z, five minutes, six minutes long, actionable, like talking about the story, what happened, and then like what you can learn from that, the end. They're just going to be made for people to listen to on their lunch break or whatever, on their commute. Just nice, short, and sweet. And they're going to kind of go pretty much daily, starting five or six weeks before launch, and then a few weeks after. Again, they're going to be funneling the, towards the Anakins. And then I've also got this idea of setting up a quiz and regular giveaways. I know that you absolutely boss it when it comes to giveaways. 
um, and using them. So all of these things, there's like those, those free blog posts plus the podcast plus the quiz plus, plus the giveaway. These are all going to kind of funnel in trying to get people into the Anakin experience and work them up into the loops. The only way you really enter the loops is if someone kind of comes to my website, there's going to be an opportunity to download the book for free and get a few things and they'll be kind of put into the loops. And so, yeah, there's different stages to kind of get in. Um, at the minute, a lot of the focus is trying to get people into the Anakin, fine tuning that side of the experience and all the various ins and outs, the videos, the PDFs, the links, getting all the back end right. And then going out there and just getting word out really and, driving people towards it as you get towards the obi-wans that's kind of more being aimed at webinars and workshops so jv partnerships going towards you know things like facebook communities and linkedin communities trying to just find relevant places where there's an existing audience setting up a partnership where you know we're able to share the income get people in ride and i'm really excited to start doing i've just started doing a few workshops and webinars initial feedback's been really good and i feel like i quite excel on stuff like that because i'm not the best salesperson but when it comes to you know delivering like a presentation with value i feel like i'm pretty good at that side of stuff and i feel if you do really well then the sales kind of will come on the back end as long as the back end's there. Whereas if you focus more on the sales and only the sales, then it makes it harder. So, so yeah, once you kind of get into the other ones, it's more workshops, group calls, one-on-one calls, stuff like we're doing now. I'm just trying to really turn it into a more of a one-on-one relationship or a more personable relationship. Whereas during the Anakin stage, it's just trying to gain their trust more than anything. So these are more of ways to describe members in your audience, not necessarily people who have bought the book. No. Well, that's the thing. If you're in either an Anakin, a Luke or an Obi-Wan, you have technically not bought the book. You may have down. You may have had the opportunity to download the book at that point, somewhere along the way, and get chapter samples. But if you're in one of those three things, then you've not really given me money, unless you've done it by buying on Amazon. And then I can't tell. You know, I don't know who buys on Amazon. We unfortunately don't get that kind of data as poor what writers. If we did, man, we'd have it cracked, right? So, but yeah, for the most part, those people in those things, these aren't kind of my customers. These are these are audience members, and I suppose. The Anakin stage is all about trying to gain their trust. The, um, the Luke stage is more about kind of educating them about what I'm doing, about what they could be doing, about what we're doing with the book and everything around it. The Obi-Wan is trying to inspire them to take action. Whether that is taking action to just go ahead and do it DIY on their own back, but take action on their own back, whether that's taking action to then be part of a program and get the workshops and everything like that. But it, So, yeah. Trust, education, inspire to action. Okay, and then tell me about the uh, the Yoda. The, the, your description on the the Luke was a little bit shorter than the other ones, but let, tell me about Yoda. Who are the Yodas? The Yodas are people basically who are going to be part of. To be in a Yoda, you will have to have kind of bought something from me via like the website. So I've kind of got your details and the. Only real ways of doing that is to be buying this successful mindset package, which uh, will be going anywhere from a few hundred dollars up to about 500 uh, or book bundles. So you'll be able to get on my website. I'll, I'll be like, if you want to buy one book, just go to Amazon. 
But if you want to buy like bundles of two, three, five, ten, you don't even want them signed and personalized, then you know, come to me. So people who are buying these bundles and they're part of this work, successful mindset package, those are the yogas. And obviously, depending on which kind, what kind of thing they've bought, they'll be taking on their own experience. If they're part of the um, successful mindset community, then they will be getting, you know, monthly workshops. So that'll be kind of an ongoing program. They'll be part of a, a daily community that's going on, you know, which will be spanning on things like Facebook, but also email and also, you know, group calls and regular just free workshops and everything like that. And that's obviously kind of where the aim is to try and get as many members of that into that community and turn it into something where it's not just me delivering content. It's not just me providing the help, but I want it to get to a point where people start collaborating with each other and they start, well, one of the things, everything's kind of in an idea mode now, but once kind of things get established, creating opportunities for accountability partners and, you know, people setting up masterminds within the mastermind, you know, meeting people, like-minded people, people who want to define what success means to them. You know, they've got this community, they've got all these people who are taking action and taking it into something that's going to be memorable because we're all part of mastermind communities and Facebook groups and everything. And some are better than others. And I suppose I have ambitions to turn mine into one which, you know, people value whether that's, you know, a hundred of people are in it or 300 or 500. Okay. So Yodas are basically, yeah, those are the people who are, have taken action and they are part of the biggest source of value. So the Anakin would be blog posts, people who are wanting to do more free things and just kind of passively learn and read. The Obi-Wans are the DIY people who want to learn and then do it on their own, but the Yodas are the ones who are part of more of a, a premium community, right? I know I skipped to Luke. Yeah. Cause, and then what are the Lukes again? And the Luke are the people who kind of um, understand that they maybe have a problem. You know, that they, if you say the Anakins that don't necessarily know that you have a problem, they're maybe a little bit blind, blind with bliss. The Luke's are, they, they start realizing, oh man, this entrepreneurial game is tough. Like, yeah, I know that I'm a bit scared to do this. I know that I'm not doing everything right. They just kind of don't know where to start, you know? Okay. There's so much out there. It's a bit of work overload. They're not necessarily ready to take action because they just don't know what the issue is. They know there is a problem. They just haven't quite defined the problem. So it's all about trying to educate them to what the problem is, getting them inspired to then take the next step because it's not that the Obi-Wans are necessarily the DIYers, but the Obi-Wans then, you've gotten to a level where, okay, I know there's a problem and I've now defined the problem and I'm ready to take action. I want, I'm ready to turn this around. I'm fed up of feeling like this. I'm fed up of making these same mistakes. I'm fed up of having a business that is just kind of getting along and I want to be up here, but I'm not. I'm ready to take action. So whether that's, you know, they get the blueprints and they go off and do it themselves or they get part of the program or they do this or they do that, but they're ready to take action. They know there's a problem. They know what it is. It's like, I'm ready to take action. And I suppose the whole point of the experience is to, even if someone enters as an Anakin, is to educate them as they go along so they get to that point as an Obi-Wan and be like, okay, now I realize I've got a problem. I know what it is. And that's fantastic for me because they'll have done that over the space of six or seven weeks 
Whereas without that experience, it may take them six or seven months, two years, three years. So if someone goes to the site and I got this uh, thing that says a chance, you know, get be an early reader. Or if I go to, let's see, your latest blog post was a couple of weeks ago. Let's see, I guess your is your blog all about the book or is it about other things as well? It's about other things too, but, um, but yeah, for the m- most part, it will be largely to go to the book. And and um, and yeah, there's obviously other stuff that will drive towards those blog posts. When I do guest posts and guest publications, I'll be like backlinking to them. So yeah, when I do like a podcast interview, I'll be directing them to a particular kind of web page, which, you know, depending on the audience, they'll either be filtered through to an Anakin or to a Luke, you know, depending on who kind of best fits it really. So, Do you own the successfulmistake.com? Um, I or did. UK, co UK, or whatever. No, I, I did, and I, I, I need to re get it because I uh, let it expire. But yeah, I'm going to be getting imminently, pretty soon. I'll be uh, going out there and getting stuff like successmistake.com.co. Uh, and that will, be, that will be kind of become the main book page. So, for instance, if I, let's say it's successmistake.com, and you go on there and you're able to download the book for free by doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, those would probably put straight into the Obi-Wan. Okay. You know, because they will have to have gone through a certain amount of that. You know, they're going onto a website and it's like, I want this book for free, you know? So they sh- they're clearly someone of interest. Um, I, I would definitely suggest that you buy that. I know, uh, who was it? Um, my Michael Port or whoever did, uh, I guess, I guess my, my book, steal the show. And those other mm-hmm. ones, he did a podcast about it. And I've thought about doing a short podcast for the exit strategy, but I haven't done it. But I think if you want to make this ecosystem around the book, I would highly recommend that you utilize that. Cause not only is it easier to remember, but it will grow larger than, what you have at turndog.co right now. I think it will. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, um, it's, um, it's definitely, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to be doing it. I need to start doing it in the coming, like probably the next five or six weeks, get the success mistake.com.co, whatever it is. And I'm going to build what, what will ultimately start as a very simple site. I'll probably move the related blog posts over to there instead of turndog.co. Um, I'll make sure that the podcast is over there. And like I say, it makes it a lot easier for, you know, memory, memory means if anything else. So yeah. yeah that'll be, that is definitely going to be agenda. And the time will be, yeah, I'll need to do that very soon. Actually. So you're segmenting your list based on how they get on the list as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, everything will be tagged and I'll be able to kind of, uh, I use, I don't know if you're um, aware convert kit. So I'm, Still fairly new with ConvertKit, but I've been really happy with it. And the way that you can tag and then set different um, parameters around a tag to really useful. And, and yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, everything that I've kind of said now, it's iterative. It's, it's all in idea phase now. And as and when I do things and you learn, you, you change it up. But I suppose for the emphasis being that I want to try and take everyone on a journey. I don't want to just make it all about the book. I want people to obviously read the book and enjoy the book, but if they're not ready to read the book in the here and now, 
I want them to get as much value as possible. Read the blog posts, look at the podcast, you know, get all this stuff, get this content, get to a point where it's like, I, I trust this guy. I like how he's doing it. Or, or I don't, in which case, hopefully they've unsubscribed, you know. But if they're still there and they're liking, they're opening the emails, they get to a point where it's like, yeah, I want to read this book. And oh no, I, I suppose I'd rather go it that way rather than just shoving the book down everyone's throat. And yeah, you might get a lot of downloads, but like how many of them actually convert to reading the book? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've downloaded lots of books in my time. Have I read them all? The answer is no. So. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about not doing the books for free? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the books are going to be paid on, on Amazon. I may not always offer the book for free on my website. I don't know. But I think around launch, up to launch, definitely, um, just to kind of making it a sweeter of a deal and, you know, around launch, yeah, just to try and build some traction and encourage people to do it. But one thing that I may end up doing after a while is take away that ability from the website. So the only way you'll be able to get the book for free is if you've been in the experience, you know, the email funnel long enough and it's kind of a bit of a bribe to like get up to the next level. And it's like, okay, I've tried everything else. You may as well have the book for free. Um, so I don't know. But around launch, I definitely would like to just kind of use the book as leverage for free to try and build that side of things. And I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But, but yeah, that might not always be the case. Uh, or we don't value things that we get for free. And I know you've got a, a tremendous amount of value in the book. If you didn't, I mean, you wouldn't have come this far. And if you didn't, you wouldn't be planning this whole ecosystem around it. So um just from where I am seeing things, I probably wouldn't do the, fr- I might give chapters away for free. I mean, you got 163 chapters ish or something like that. If everybody gets, a <laughs> not quite. no, not everyone does get a chapter. No, it's not quite that long. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, you get, you could give away 10 chapters or something as, as a lead magnet or, um, cause I, I want, this to be successful, not just because I'm in it, but um, I've seen the work that you've put into it and the relationships you made. Um, and I, I want you to crush it with, with the book. And I know I'm like you, I've, if I put, I've got a folder in, um, in my, on my computer, it's, it's under my main folder, but it's called readable learning tools. And there's eBooks in there that, Mm-hmm. You know, but if I spent, you know, five or seven dollars on them, I definitely read those or they're still up on my bookshelf, which you probably can't see. But um, and I plan on on reading those books. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's a strategy worth worth looking at, though. Yeah, it is. And and to be honest, yeah, I've not made the website yet, so I've not made any firm decisions on that. Um, yeah. So, so no, definitely food for thought in that sense. Definitely food for thought. But like I say, I'm, at the minute, I'm just bulking out on the Anakin side of things. Um, next week, I'll probably be working on the Luke experience. And that would be when, you know, the free book kind of comes into it on the back end of that experience. So, so yeah, no, but that is for fun. And it's true, you know, people don't tend to value free. So, so yeah, how I will approach that with, um, I mean, it's definitely not going to be free on the, on Amazon. Um, so, That'll pre- I don't know the exact price yet, but I think it's going to be like a nine ninety nine ebook, thirteen forty ninety nine paperback. Yeah, uh, obviously mess around with pricing, and to be honest, I don't know whether I will ever even um, 
sell the book on the website. I don't want to send sell single paperback copies. I want to only do bundles. I'm going to be everything. If you want a single book, go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or something. You know, get it from there. And it might be that a case of the book isn't available on the website. You get directed to your Amazon or your Barnes and Noble. Well, just keep in mind. I mean, e-commerce stuff is generally pretty pretty free. Uh, I mean, you don't have inventory. You have to go to the post office or anything like that to mail them. So if people are buying ebooks, I mean, you keep 97% of it, yeah. 70% on Amazon. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And you always have them. I mean, having one on your site doesn't mean you can't do it on Amazon. That's how I've done some of my books. Uh, until last year, I got an SSL certificate so I can, you know, got the, all the secure stuff on my sites. Oh, yeah. And, I, I guess I still have the, the link to Amazon, but um, the process is shorter and you can like say keep 97% because PayPal, Stripe, whatever they take 2.9, basically 3% versus on Amazon, they most you can get is 70. So mm. something to think about. How can I help you? I know we're, we're running out of time. How can I help you? Um, did we give you any, did you get any sort of launch ideas? I don't know feedback maybe a little bit and then i don't know how well we did on giving you some ideas for the the thriving subscriber list but um anything i can do to give you a boost or help you out in the last couple minutes that we have yeah well i mean i love the food for thought regarding the free as well so everything that you said there you know is food for thought it's one of those things where oh no i suppose i'm like any other sort of creative type i kind of get an idea and go full steam in so it was really good to kind of hear your perspective and say oh but have you thought about this so yeah taking a lot of value there i suppose um, one thing i'd be interested to hear from you is i want to build um you know like get certain giveaways maybe like every six seven weeks and include my idea is to actually include people's books who appear in the book so like maybe each time like cherry pick four or five books from authors who appear in the book and I, I think you quite often use things like King Sumo using something like that. I mean, I don't know. Have you got any advice on how to, um, you know, kind of get the most out of those kind of giveaways? Um, the, the ones that have had the most success for me are the ones where it was a, well, one of them I did away just a handful of copies of, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I had just written a blog post about it. I just finished reading it for the second or third time. So it had, it was fresh on my mind, had a lot of relevance and um, is very targeted kind of giveaway. Others that I've done are six or seven different books from different authors. So the ones that I think were had the most impact are the ones where I feel passionate about the book. I think that's a good strategy for you. You know, here's here I'm giving away a copy of these three or four authors all were featured in my book. And maybe you throw in at least one copy of your book. Yeah. Maybe even, you know, here's one from each of these people. Here's three of mine, one for you and then two for you to give away to someone who mm. you know, would help. And um reaching out to those authors and say, Hey, I'm giving away one of your books. Do you mind sharing it? I don't, I don't think that you would get rejected on that because they're getting their word out. Uh, they're getting another book sale cause you have to buy them. Um, and if you themed them, 
Like um, you could also target specific people out in the world. Like you're talking about hiring mistakes. You know, if you had three or four people that, you know, their, their mistakes were just employees or hiring or firing, you know, they fired someone too fast or, or whatever. If it was all personnel based, you could do a giveaway that was based on that. Um, and then you could spread that out over, well, let me give you two different ideas and you can maybe pick one or, or neither or both um, to not so that you can avoid spreading out your launch because doing a giveaway, I try to do one every quarter and along with the other things that I'm recruiting for trying to get business for that's plenty. Uh, yeah. So every three or four months. Um, so, and so we're not delaying or, or, with um, what's the word I'm looking at spreading out your launch. So it's not a, you know, the dense buying power is how you get to number one, by the way, it's not just over time. Um, you could either, you know, spend a couple hundred bucks, buy 20 different books from your authors and do those and target different people like through different social media campaigns, Facebook ads, tar target, um, entrepreneurs with employees for the, the personnel one and the target entrepreneurs without employees, you know, they choose one to five employees instead of five, 10 to 20. Um, and then people who let's say they, they expanded too fast. If there was a way that you could find a characteristics that you could then target via Twitter or Facebook, my point is instead of doing one every quarter and, and spreading out your launch quote launch over 12 months, you, put them all, you know, in July or August, but you market them to different people. Oh, nice. I don't know if I explained that very quickly. No, you didn't. No, I didn't say you mean. Yeah. Okay. So you, you could do, and yes, I do use uh, King Sumo, which is the same guys that do Sumo Me. I think, honestly, I don't know how much that plugin costs, but it's better than Rafflecopter, which I found very limiting and it's, I actually had a problem with their software, not them, but their software. There's probably a few others out there, but I like King Sumo, King Sumo because it encourages people to, they would say viral sharing, but everybody gets a custom link and you share. And the more people click on your link that you just shared, the more entries you get. Yeah. Um, so people, you're, people who enter are incentivized to continue to share how well they do a good job of communicating that people are incentivized. I don't know. Um, but that's a good one. Like I said, raffle copter seemed to be a pain and then it got, it would get very expensive to have a bunch of features. Um, in terms of like how long you do a, you know, giveaway, do you tend to do it like over a three week period of five weeks? Six? Have you found any way like works better than the others? Sure. Um, give me a second. I will pull up some stats for you. It, it all depends on honestly how large the purse is. You know, if you're giving away a $20,000 car, you might, might do it over uh, a longer period of time. If it's, you know, $120, I think about three weeks is, is about right. My last giveaway, uh, I think I ran it for two months and that was too long and I didn't get, I got about 30% more results from the one that I did with, uh, thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay. And I think I ran that one for like three weeks. So maybe it was a month and a half for the other, two months sounds awfully ridiculous to me. So I don't think I would have done that, but, um, 
if you did them for two or three weeks, that's probably what I would suggest. I also give a system of, of how everything fits together. You can definitely, there, there's no rule that you can't do that. And I would probably recommend it. I think the value on the one that I had longer was higher. Higher value, longer time. I split yeah. test it. I, I, I hate giving that answer because it sounds like a non-answer, but just test it. It'll depend on on the audience that you're targeting, um, what you what you give away, and some of those other things. That's fine. Nice. Thank you. Thank Hopefully you. that helps. No, it does. It does. Well, I'm looking forward to the book. I, I'm hoping I can get it on Amazon because I think I saw your comment somewhere or somebody else's. It was like $40 to ship it from <laughs> – the UK or yeah, shipping to postage, man. Then <laughs> in my life, it is crazy. But no, one of the things I'm hopefully going to be getting done in the not too distant future, I I need to uh, start working. I've got ideas for like the book description, so I I need to kind of get that fine tuned. I need to make the final additions and uh, iterations to the cover. Once I've done that, I'm going to probably set up the Amazon pre-order page. And then, like, over time, just add more reviews and stuff onto that. So hopefully in the not too distant future, people will be able to, like, pre-order um, copies of it on Amazon soon. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be on Amazon, Barnes & Noble and everything. And, hey, if in doubt, turndog.co slash the successful mistake.co.com. I don't know. I'll Something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. As random side note, I shipped one of my giveaway winners lives in Budapest. And it was like not a lot of stuff. I think she won the the Thinking Girl, which is like twenty five dollars. It was it cost more to ship it than um, if you remind me, I will connect the two of you. I think that'd be kind of a, a cool pairing. But um thanks, Matt. And whenever it goes live, I will let you know. Yeah, please do keep us posted. If I can help with the book, let me know. I'm excited for you, man. So keep me posted with all of that. And yeah, no, I appreciate it. Some really good thought. Very helpful. So yeah, some awesome. good food for thought. Thanks, man. If you liked that episode, go check out elleriewellscom slash show. Check it out. The number of people Matt has contacted regarding this, this book well, is pretty amazing. I mean, it's taken a significant amount of time out of his life. And um, it looks like, of course, it's free for Kindle Unlimited people. Let's see what other formats he's got it in. I don't know that he...